Sammy. And I'm Mandy. And you're listening to our very first episode of Ice Scream Social, uh, a subsidiary of Pop Culture Diner where we talk about horror movies that we know and love or maybe sometimes hate. I don't know. You know, we'll keep it open. We'll keep it breezy. Um, But today we're going to be covering a movie, well, a series of movies that I have talked to Mandy about watching for a while now. And that is Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, the sequel. Um, So we will make sure to cover when we're hitting the second movie for those of you who've seen the first and not the second. We'll also let you know when we're hitting spoiler territory. For those of you who want to just get our thoughts before you see the movies. Um, but I think probably before we launch into that, we should we should like talk a little bit about the background behind why we decided to do this in the first place. Yeah. So, well, so now, right now, we're still in the, the quarantine times. <laughs> yes, we are. And in the before times, uh, we would go to horror movies. Do you remember that? I do. That was <laughs> 83 years ago. It feels it's like. It's been 83 years. Um, <laughs> yeah, like for real. I, I just, the other day I got really sad out of nowhere because I was just like, I just miss movie theaters and I just want to go back. But. I probably won't set foot in a movie theater until 2021, if I'm being honest. So, yeah. It might be a little longer for me, if I'm being perfectly honest, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's like, all right, well, I got to – we we did start – I mean, you have the – we had, like, a Discord channel mm-hmm. uh, where, that we have – we should probably use more, honestly. But yeah. we've used a couple times to, like, watch movies together, which has been fun. Um and you, you know, you just got to get creative and you got to still find the fun where you can find it. Like I actually paid $20 to rent a movie yesterday. So it which, basically was like I was at the theater. Which one was it? Was that the Kevin Bacon one? No, I did um, King of Staten Island. Oh. Yeah. The new Judd Apatow. Uh, yeah. Pete Davidson movie. Um it was very, it was, anyway, this, this podcast isn't about that movie, but it was very good. Um, I mean, if you like Judd Apatow movies, you'll like this movie because it's very much a Judd Apatow movie. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it was weird though. I was like, wow, I would never normally pay $20 just to rent something to watch in my house, but it's been so long since I've gone to a theater that I was like, I can rationalize spending this kind of money. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did that with Onward, too. I, I actually paid to watch Onward. I paid to watch. Also... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I paid to watch Emma, which was completely worth every penny. Oh, yeah. I need to. I still need to watch that movie because I know you said it was awesome and I totally believe you. Um, but yeah, so we are like movie going buddies who can't go to movies. Right now. We're very sad. And, it's very sad. And we've been talking about doing like a podcast because when we go see movies, it's I think it's always been horror. I don't mm-hmm. think we've seen a non-horror movie together. No, no, it's been no. it was hereditary. <laughs> yeah. And Midsummer. <gasps> and it too. And, 
and it too. And um, what was that other one uh, with the sorority girls? Oh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if there's a horror movie coming out, we're going to try to go see it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had been talking about doing like a podcast around some of the movies that we were watching and then also going over to each other's houses to do like viewings and recordings. And finally, <laughs> now that we've got like a little bit more time, each of us, this mm-hmm. is like the perfect time to do this. So um, I saw Happy Death Day in the theaters in the year of our Lord 2017 <laughs> and um, loved it, like absolutely loved it. And I thought it was like one of the most underrated movies that I had seen that year and like none of my friends had seen it and that just felt like a crime it was very mismarketed I feel yes a hundred percent I think that that was a big part of it now it is a Bloomhouse production but for some reason like other Bloomhouse movies I think just got like more you know Mm -hmm. more credit that year I don't know so let's just talk about let's see our general feelings about the movie and then we can kind of start getting into the way it's constructed and like some of our favorite moments and I know it's fresher for you than it is for me because you watched it last week for me it's been a little bit yeah um but I have watched it a few times because like I said I love this movie (laughs) I uh I definitely can see why you love it that's so good so tell me so okay so I was the one who who was like pushing you to watch it. So I want to hear just kind of in general your feelings about the movie in in a non-spoilery way. Sure. I well, I think I've told you before I did. I really enjoyed it. I feel that it was terribly mismarketed. Um cuz in the trailer you only get glimpses of like this very very unlikable kind of nasty person. And when I watched the trailer, I'm like, I'm not invested in her survival whatsoever. And yeah. that turned on its head when I watched the movie. 100%. The, the writing was so good. Uh, I feel like without going like too spoilerly, spoilery, apart from being like a very good slasher, it was a really, really realistic portrayal of a person who is just self-destructing to the point where they don't care how they come off to other people. Just a very sad, sad, depressed person. Yes. Um, I will say the reason I went to go see the movie was because of the trailer. So I feel like I can say things that happen in the trailer without anybody calling those things spoilery. Mm -hmm. But it is revealed in the trailer that the movie is like Groundhog Day meets a slasher film Mm -hmm. and I was like that's all I need to know um because I love Groundhog Day and I don't care how many times I've seen that movie I fucking love that movie and and I really like the idea of of um yeah like reliving a day over and over again and and what you need to do to break that cycle what you need to change in order to break it um Or like, you know, like curse movies too, like freaky, like body switching movies and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I love, I love the whole idea of, and like Russian Doll, um, if you haven't watched that TV show, guys, you should watch it. Um, 
but just yeah like what what do you have to do is there is there like a cosmic reason behind what's happening and if so like how do you intervene on it or what's really happening so for me that's all I needed to know but yeah I would agree she seemed like the main character just seemed very vapid and I was like well, I, I kind of went just being like, this is going to be like a piss take. Like, I don't think it's actually going to be any good. Um, but I want to see how they handle the Groundhog Day thing, because I think that that can be an interesting way to construct a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I actually saw the movie, I was like, I thought it was really funny. I thought it was really interesting. And there were things that happened that I didn't expect. And that to me is always like, the marker of something good if you can surprise me when I feel like I've seen everything yeah (laughs) like then it's like okay you did a good job because I didn't see that coming and this movie was definitely like that um and I think with that we should probably start talking about the way it's put together because right away and and uh we're getting into spoiler territory now because right away um when when you started watching it you texted me yeah and you were like, that cupcake is poisoned, isn't it? <laughs> well, it just, it occurred to me because they were putting a lot of focus on the cupcake to me. They were, they were, yeah. And it was like, oh, I'm going to eat this cupcake. No, I'm not going to eat this cupcake. I'm like, that shit's poisoned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know what I will say was interesting? Because I remember, I feel like when I when I watched the beginning of it, I was like, oh, so she's the killer. Yeah. But then they did so much to make you question it that it, I I think it did, it still played, even though it was like, what's up with the cupcake and why are you being so weird about the cupcake? Yeah. Um, Because they, you know, had all of this other stuff in the way and all of these other like possibilities and iterations. And there were still some twists within her, within the cupcake being an issue, um, it, it still kept it interesting for me, even though I was like, I feel like it's got to have something to do with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so we so we start with, with our main character, Tree, and she wakes up in some guy's dorm, and she doesn't really remember what happened the night before. She's, like, pretty wasted, and... You kind of, you know, like on this first day, you know, it's just it's just like Groundhog Day where like all of these details that seem like why would they film that are all being covered the way they are because, you know, they're going to be visiting them over and over again. You know, um, the moments of her changing and walking outside and running into somebody who is asking her to sign a petition for the environment and (laughs) people passing out and making out and sprinklers going off and car alarms going off and all those little things. Um, I, I thought that that was a really, I mean, that's like, I mean, I've, like I said, I'm such a groundhog day fangirl and I loved, you know, where it's like this guy wakes up, And he's just, you know, he's just miserable. He just hates everything. It's the same type of character where you're just like, she hates everything. She's not happy. She's hungover. She doesn't want to do anything she's doing that day. Uh, And she's ignoring calls on her phone. She just seems really Mm -hmm. (laughs) antisocial. Super, yeah, super down. Um, 
and you they just like the first day they just take you through the course of you know how everything is going to play out um i'm trying to remember the exact the exact uh string of events like i said it's fresher for you than for me so yeah. take over anytime you want <laughs> I actually have the synopsis if you want me to pull that up oh as my a God. reference point. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Because I know she goes to her to her sorority house like mm-hmm. pretty early in the morning. Yeah, she goes to her sorority house. Um, she turns down the cupcake that comes yes. up again and again and again. And then um, the first night um, she, we find out that there's a party that she is expected to go to. And so she, and it's her birthday, but she, so she gets ready the first day she gets ready and she's walking down, getting ready to walk down this creepy tunnel. And there's this little music box playing happy birthday to you. And, um, she encounters what she thinks is someone who's kind of lost from like their group because it's a guy who has like their mascot face. And for whatever reason, the school's mascot is a baby. <laughs> the ba- what is it the Bayfield the babies Bayfield babies <laughs> which is a choice um, yeah. <laughs> it's a really creepy mask that's for sure it is very the mask creepy is so creepy yeah it's I feel like they're like well how do we make the mask work in the terms of this story um the mascot the school mascot is a baby yes <laughs> um Which isn't, like, the weirdest mascot. After I left my high school, they, like, joined ranks with the next small town. And they had, like, a voting competition for, like, the new mascot. And it used to be Mustangs. And it turned into, like, the Thundercats. Uh Uh-huh. So it was, like, the Marion Thundercats. But anyway, I digress. Um, (laughs) She's basically stabbed in the head on the first day. And then promptly wakes up in, um this young man's bed and finds out that she and that things are starting to um, repeat themselves. And she's starting at first. It just starts out as like deja vu. Right. Yeah. And And then, so, Oh yeah, go ahead. And then she, um, she actually makes it to the party on day two. Right. Um, Oh, and one quick thing I wanted to add about, the ringtone on her phone so like she's getting phone calls and you can tell it's her birthday right away because like the ringtone's like hey it's my birthday and I gotta pick up the phone and like that they made for the movie because they couldn't get the rights to um go shorty it's your birthday like in time oh and but they got the rights for the trailer yeah, they got the rights for the trailer, but they left it in the movie, which I just thought was so great. So, so there were so um, uh, I have just very fond feelings about that about that ringtone. Now it's a great um, ringtone. I gotta pick up the phone. Um, and I don't and and so yeah, so she starts to she starts to relive this day, and she's like, "Wait a minute, what's happening?" Like it takes her a while to to really catch up and figure out what's going on. I think you know she just kind of shakes it off as mm-hmm. like oh maybe i'm just like still hungover or was a weird dream or you know something like that the way that we would all rationally think yeah if we were reliving the same day um but yeah the party so she gets invited to a party from one of her sorority sisters um oh my gosh i forgot her name and i feel so bad um was it hold on 
I'm pulling up the cast. The sorority sister is the worst. Um, <laughs> she is the worst. Danielle. Um, yeah, from Danielle. So, so Danielle invites her, um, like to this party, and she's got like the like full curlers in and stuff, and um, like tree is pretty a like i think she has a sneaking suspicion that it is for her birthday and that's why danielle's being so insistent about her going Hmm. um but yeah she makes it to the party she doesn't reject it like she does the first day um and then like there's a guy who like comes on to her at the party and stuff and then instead of getting attacked in the that weird tunnel Mm -hmm. she gets attacked at the party (laughs) Which, um, the lead up to that was the most, was so uncomfortable and hilarious where she goes upstairs with him and, and like, he has, like, a disco in his room. And yes, yes. And the, <laughs> the, the music's playing so loud as she's, like, looking at her phone that she doesn't see, like, him get taken out. And then she gets taken out. Yeah, that was, oh my god, that disco. Oh my god. <laughs> And then the, the she was almost saved, or she almost could have been saved, um, but like some chode opened the door and was like, "Oh no, it's just a rape," and then like shut the door and yeah. walked away. And she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like, um, oh yeah, and I we should mention like all of the great commentary in both of these movies, just like how supportive this movie and the second one are of women in general. Like it with, by say, doing it in the weirdest, like misogynist way possible, but it's like very good commentary on like, yeah, this is the shit that women have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought the guy like yeeting out the out the way when he thought he was happening on an assault and not a murder was one of the most realistic parts of the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, if you've been in a frat house uh, that has you've either seen that happen or it's probably happened to you. So, uh, yeah, I was like, believable. Um, And then the third time she wakes up, she's like totally freaked, uh, understandably, because all of the same things are happening. And that's kind of when she realizes, oh, my God, everything is starting over and I'm Mm -hmm. stuck in this loop. Um, and decides, that's when she decides to barricade herself in, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so then she's like, all right, well, I'm not going to leave my room. I'm going to, I'm going to get there and I'm going to board everything up and just make sure I can't get out. And then she gets killed in her room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which was, I think the first big clue that it was her roommate. Yeah, for sure. Like, okay, well, this this person was inside your room and also knows your schedule well enough to do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there were there were lots of clues leading up to it being her roommate who did it. Um. Now I'm trying to remember. Oh gosh, what day was it? Was it was it the first and the second day that she ended up going to class? Yes. Okay. So we should probably cover that because that um, that becomes pretty important too. But like, so she so she goes to her bio class, and it's obvious pretty quickly that she's having an affair with her professor. Yeah, and um, I think the first the first time they hadn't locked the door, um, and had to like quick like break apart, and then the second time 
she did lock the door, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so so even that, it's like, you know, you start to see her adapting to this loop pretty quickly and, like, changing her behavior pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but we find out, so, you know, kind of adding to the list of, like, people who might hate her, um, you know, that was that was one early on where it was like, oh, well, if his wife suspects anything, that, that could definitely be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, Which... But- Oh, go, hold on. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, um, which do you know how I knew before it was even like revealed that they were having an affair? How? Tell me. Oh, so like the day before the loop when she comes to class, she comes to class late and like he stops his speech and gives her a look. And I was like, what? What? professor in a giant lecture hall would give a shit if you came in late that's so true that's very true (laughs) i've been there and yeah i've never i've never made a big deal even when i was teaching like a small room like when i was a ta and i had like a lab of 15 if someone came in late i wasn't about to make a big deal out of it yeah I mean, I would, like, mark it on a piece of paper, you know, because their attendance was part of their grade. So I'd be like, they're late. Yeah. But I didn't, like, stop everything I was doing to, like, cater to – and that was even in a small room. So that's a very good point. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you're in, like, a lecture hall, people walk in and out all the time because college kids are sometimes Mm -hmm. inconsiderate. Um, Some of us play Civ Five. Like, (laughs) I've heard people do that. I've heard people do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, there's that great... I feel like this came out when I was a TA, and I thought it was really funny, where it was like, nobody looks down at their crotch and smiles. Like, I can tell you're on your phone. (laughs) Um, Like, I always knew when they were... It's like, I'm not stupid. Anyway. uh, So, so Tree dies three times in a row, and then decides to call in reinforcements. Mm -hmm. And... um, so this is kind of when she starts to tell Carter, the guy whose room she's waking up in, about what's happening. And see, that would be the most frustrating part for be the most frustrating part for me. Like if I was stuck in a time loop and I had to explain to people over and over again what was going on, that would drive me nuts. Like I hate repeating myself. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of um, like fifty first dates where it's like I feel bad for you, Drew Barrymore, but the. Having to explain myself over and over again to you is not in the cards. Good luck. This is exhausting. Yeah, I would just be like, see ya. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. So, so, I mean, honestly, that's like one thing that I think about with these movies all the time. Like, they spare us and don't show us, like, the re-explanations too much, you know, so that we enjoy the movie. But you know that that part of their reality is so excruciating. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it would suck so bad. Um. So, so Tree's like, all right, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell Carter what's happening. And, you know, and and I think this is when they went to like the cafeteria, right? And they're starting to like give the download. And then he, he asks her, well, like, well, who might want to kill you? And she's like, oh, the list is pretty long. (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. And it's like to say who wouldn't want to kill her at this point. Yeah, she's just like, I don't know, like, basically, you find out she's just kind of a dick to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she starts to make a list of like, yeah, her, her um, sorority sister, Danielle, and her roommate, and, you know, like, I don't who's all on that list? I'm trying to remember. Oh, the guy that she dated. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, who he he corners her every day too and tries to have a conversation with her um who else was on that list i'm trying to remember the professor's wife oh yeah um, and so she follows her to see what she's up to during the day so like there's like a series of days where she's just kind of got to follow around these people mm-hmm. and make sure they're not doing what she you know and the killer not- the killer always waits until after she's like successfully done recon which is very nice of them absolutely i think that that's that's very smart <laughs> uh because you know then then uh she can advance uh so it's very nice of the killer to give her that chance mm-hmm. uh <laughs> but yeah so oh i'm trying to i'm i'm like looking for the full list cuz i think she does put a roommate on there right but doesn't she cross her off at some point i think so yeah um but- oh and there's yeah. Oh, I just found a really good. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna uh, go through. I just found a list of head scratchers. Uh, we'll go through some of these uh, in a moment. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, so she so she's trying to to cross people off the list, and actually in doing so, she starts to learn more about people, and I think that really helps her develop some of the humanity that she gets throughout the movie, like. Um, the guy that she dated, she sees him watching porn and you see her mouth up from the other side of the window. Oh, he's gay. Yeah. And she's like, duh. And then she gets stabbed. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, it's like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense why, like, you know, things were kind of like stilted and awkward with us. Like, because he's not into it and he was like trying to make it happen. And it's just like not going to happen. Um. So I thought that 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 was like a really like that was one of my favorite parts, actually, in that montage was when she was like, oh, he's gay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But you see her getting killed in a bunch of different ways as she's like looking into people and then you see her waking up from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And and this is kind of it was first kind of well, no, I think before that a little bit. But in the montage, you really see that the that when she dies it's not like everything in her body is resetting um that she's still feeling the effects of these deaths yeah in some kind of way like she's she's weakening each time yeah definitely or like uh you know you could see it in her hair or she's got a cough or you know whatever kind of based on the way Mm. that she's murdered at one point she drowns and she wakes up just like spewing fountain water yeah exactly um so so you can you can kind of see where that stuff is starting to bug her and then um at one at one point point she wakes up i think it's like shortly after that montage and she just like collapses mm-hmm. um and at that point that's when we see like the physical effects of all of these mm-hmm. moidas um and and then and then it, you hit a point where it's like well you can't you can't just keep reliving this there is i i was gonna say expiration date but like <laughs> Uh, the chances are finite yeah there's a limit to how many times she can do this so she's really got to start figuring it out Mm -hmm. um but but the surprising thing is like the hospital is really what gets her closer to figuring out what's going on Mm -hmm. um because like at this point there's a lot of things that just like 
don't seem like they're related. At some point, there's this. You can hear about the story of this this killer on the loose. Like some TV was showing it before she even went over there. Yeah, it was like a um, quick flash, and then at the diner, I think it starts to dawn on her. Yeah, so it's like okay, well, this is probably who it is. It's probably the serial killer who's who's on the loose who just you know who ended up at the hospital and he probably gets free and that's why he's you know gonna kill me or whatever so Mm -hmm. um so she ends up like so she gets killed in the hospital once right i believe so yeah and then um yeah okay she um Oh right, and then she escapes the hospital though. At uh, when she when she was admitted, she, he tried to come after her, and then she tried to escape in in a car. Yes, and then she gets pulled over, and basically tells the cop to arrest her, please. And then the killer kills the cop, and then kills her by right. blowing up She's- the car. Yeah, that was dramatic. Yeah, she was just like, I am so drunk and I'm high and yes, arrest me. And it's like, yeah, that's going to break the loop. And then, yeah, then the cop gets killed and her car gets set on fire. And it's like, oh, that's kind of when you start to feel hopeless. Like, when is this going to get fixed? Yeah, Um, like the one time she's like close to just escaping and being out of the loop, uh, Carter's accidentally killed. And she's like, if I don't and she's starting to have feelings for him. And she's like, if I uh, if I break the loop right now, uh, he can't come back. And so she hangs herself at the hospital. Yeah. Oh, that was a rough one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then she tries to. So she's still trying to figure it out. She's like, okay, it's got to be this guy. He's got to be the killer. Mm-hmm. Um. And. Um. So she she goes back she goes back to the hospital. Like this was like she figured everything out. Um she had almost killed him, but he killed Carter, so she had to start the day over, but she's like I've figured everything out. So mm-hmm. I'm going to wrap this all up. Like it's going to end tonight no matter what. I'm going to get this all wrapped up. And that's like when you kind of get to the the first time that feels like an ending where it's like groundhog day where she's like super happy and she's like fixing everything and she's like oh yeah I'll sign for the environment and yeah this guy's about to pass out and I grab a pillow for him and I warn the people who are about to get sprayed by water and I you know and and she's just like in a really good mood about it um she ends her affair she ends up going to the lunch that she has been blowing off up until that point um which we find out was with her dad um and is this the was it not until we get to lunch that we find out about her mom? Um, there's been like a lot of context clues saying that her mom's dead. Right. And um, now I'm blanking if this is the first time or if she confided in Carter about it and about how birthdays are hard. I think she might have said something about how birthdays are hard before that. But this was like the first time in the loop where she actually goes to meet her dad at lunch. Mm -hmm. And then the two of them make up and she like apologizes for almost standing him up. Yeah. Um, And so she's like, okay, like this, this is like the day you're like, okay, she's wrapping everything up. She's making everything right. She's totally going to break out of the loop tonight. And um, she ends up getting to the hospital. She kills Tombs. 
you know, like everything set and ready. And then she ends up celebrating her birthday with Carter, kind of like uh, 16 candles <laughs> Yeah, that it was very cute. I liked it. Yeah, it was very cute. Where And they sit down and they're like, we're going to eat this cupcake. And then she wakes up again and she's like, oh, my God, what the hell's happening? And that's when she realizes, holy shit, the cupcake is poisoned, too. Yeah. And Lori, her roommate, tries to offer her the cupcake again. And that's when it hits her like, oh, my God, Lori tried to kill me. <laughs> because Lori was also having an affair with a uh, professor doctor. Yeah. Or was it? I think it was. Oh, yeah. And but he liked Tree more. Yes. And so it was basically like the reason. And 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 Tree was trying to find like a deeper reason for someone hating her. And she's like, really? It's because like this scuzzy dude is having an affair with both of us like weak. Like she thought it was like such a bullshit excuse and I thought that that was great that she yeah. was like are you kidding me like that's the reason and she's like yeah um and so they end up fighting in the room and um and oh yeah uh <laughs> tree stuffs the cupcake into Lori's mouth and then pushes her out the window and the girl who's been like sitting outside <laughs> during this loop <laughs> that poor girl just saw <laughs> Lori get smushed <laughs> um so yeah uh and then and then that solves everything she ends up how does i i don't remember about tombs they just like call right or something they get it they get him like sorted in a different way i can't remember how that ends well if he's in the hospital and laurie's not there to oh yeah set him free then he's just there yeah so that's true and then so then she wakes up the next morning thinking she might be in the loop again, um, but she's not. He was just happened to be doing the exact same thing when she woke up. Yeah. And then she gets really mad um, because he was pranking her. Uh, but so there's a lot of, I mean, that's just kind of, I tried to, I'm like, it's so hard in these films to like recount it because it's the same thing that happens over yeah. and over again. Um, but there were a couple moments that I particularly enjoyed that we didn't cover. Um, one was the, the like house meeting that they had during the day that sometimes Tree went to and sometimes she didn't, Mm -hmm. uh, with the sisters and the one sister who was like just getting a meal and Danielle's like, what's that? (laughs) You know? And she's like, you know, breakfast. And she's like, what is breakfast? You know? And just like stupid fat shamey bullshit yeah. you know for someone who's like just totally average too and you're like what the fuck yeah um and she like uh I just I loved that part because you get to see Tree turn more sympathetic as time goes on and she starts to put Danielle in her place and yeah. so that that was like one of my favorite kind of transformations throughout the movie um I also just love the way that Danielle says bye. And ever since uh, my boyfriend Tuck and I have watched the movie, uh, we now say it that way all the time. And we've gotten his net. Well, we're trying to get his nephews to say it that way too. So we go, bye. Um, (laughs) We're just really trying to make that spread as far as we can. But when we say bye to each other, it's always bye. (laughs) I love a good sassy bye. Yeah, Danielle's like the queen of that for sure. Um, yeah. 
that whole breakfast shaming thing was very reminiscent of another excellent um teen teen-esque horror uh jawbreaker oh yeah oh yeah yeah. where she's like Uh, we we eat and we eat well but we don't eat in public (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just yeah what is breakfast Uh, i was like oh my god um but well and it's interesting too so i was a sorority girl um gabba gabba gamma and uh my sorority experience was not like that at all thank god it was so not like that we were like play guitar hero and you know not wear makeup and watch the disney channel and we were very cool didn't Uh, you go to uwm uh i did but this was before that i went to a private school oh okay yeah and uh greek life was very important on our campus it was about like 80 percent of the campus was involved in a fraternity sorority so like if you weren't in a house it was like uh what's wrong with you do you have a social disease like you can't find a house to be in what's wrong with you um so so I was lucky I I really lucked out because I actually had a few houses like courting me which was a, a kind of a weird experience but um two of them were music sororities I uh I was part of a music conservatory on campus so a lot of the musicians wanted me to like be in their houses but I ended up uh hanging out with art freaks basically and <laughs> uh and stayed in their house um and we were all like I was like I'm trying to remember I think 17 of my sisters including me were radio DJs for our college radio station so it was like very much the radio DJ sorority house I don't know it was weird that sounds like a sorority house I could get down with it was super fun. I seriously, I have nothing but good things to say about my experience. I, I, I didn't end up staying, but I had a really positive experience. Yeah. Um, and I actually ended up doing research while I was there. I was in a women's studies class where um, I, and I can't believe how honest people were. It still blows my mind. And I, I don't know where that research went, but I ended up like, I knew a girl in every house, like at least one. Right. You know? And so I, I would, I took these questionnaires and I passed them out to my friends who are in these houses and I had them like give them to any sisters who they thought would fill them out. And it was all about like hierarchy. Like, I mean, I'm sure you've seen mean girls. Um, which is based on the book Queen Bees and Wannabes, which is all about like high school hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I feel like the sorority is kind of the way that that hierarchy persists into college. So I ended up doing this research project where I asked these women like things that they felt pressured to do because of their sorority or if they felt like the hierarchy was like affected the social dynamics in the house or if they felt like it was just a way to govern, you know, like, do you feel like the president really does have more power in like the social goings on in the house? Or do you see them more as like an organizational head, like where they're just coordinating what we do? Like, um, and I got some really chilling responses from other houses (laughs) and I was like, Oh, that's bad. Like, and there was like, I mean, you know, with any structure like that where some people have more power, there's going to be some tension and there's going to be some women who feel like they're not getting enough of whatever it is they need. And like we had that too. We weren't immune to that. There was some of that tension where like some people didn't agree with what so-and-so was doing on the board or whatever. But I feel like we resolved it in a way that was like much more constructive than other houses. I had gotten feedback that like from some women that they felt like 
things that happen in the house cause them to have eating disorders, <gasps> to steal things from other women, including their boyfriends, and like Jesus. all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, I was like, whoa. Um, so that's <laughs> and I had also heard from some women that like during like rush and pledging and stuff that women in the house would have to take pictures in their bikinis and the other sisters would like circle their problem areas and just like all kinds of crazy shit that like we did not experience. Like our, our house was very chill. Um, and, and relatively drama free as drama free as you can be when it's like 60 women all in a house together. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, it's always, so it's always interesting. My point is, it's interesting to me to see how, like, sorority houses get portrayed in movies, uh, having been in one. And uh, I will say, like, there were houses that you would go to and, like, all the women would be in, like, polo shirts and pearls and headbands. And they'd just be, like, really smiley. And you'd be like, what the fuck is happening here? (laughs) Are you real? Like, you're not real. Um. And I, I definitely experience like that side of things too, which I feel like that's what the movies play into because it's more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but Danielle, there's totally a Danielle in every house. Um, yeah. And there's totally that like weird food shaming. That was in a lot of houses. I heard a lot of uh, girls in other houses talk about that stuff. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm not trying to get so far field, but this stuff always brings up those memories for me, like weird. For sure. And like, this is so fascinating for me, who has had like absolutely no experience with Greek life because I went right to UWM. And as you know, like they have somewhat of a Greek life, but it's kind of dampered by the fact that you can't have sorority houses. Right. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah, it's definitely like not the same thing mm-hmm. um I mean we had so my sophomore year I was required to live in the house so like your first semester you just kind of you're on campus your second semester you go through rush and then you pledge and then your sophomore year you're required to live in the house mm-hmm. um so it's you know, it's like you, you, you like pledge your allegiance to this house. And then that is like your life and your social activities kind of revolve around what it is they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, you've got to balance like academics. And I was a music student. So like all of my music responsibilities. So it was like a lot to juggle. Um, And, you know, it was like, you had to like figure out what frat houses to go to and like which ones were safe to go to alone and which ones weren't because Mm. uh there were houses that I wouldn't go to alone um but I I used to go to the nerd houses yeah (laughs) and they had like ball pits and like you know we'd watch like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and, (laughs) and like you know drink like Carlo Rossi out of jugs like those were my favorite houses yeah (laughs) and they were just like all you know, geeks and super non-threatening, friendly dudes. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was very strange to, to be in that system, but it's like, you do, there is that like pressure. It's like, whatever you're aligning with, 
like our I feel like our reputation was kind of like they're like the cool weirdos <laughs> you know what I mean like it was like oh yeah those girls they're like like we were very well liked by every house like all the houses on campus liked us yeah uh which was really nice we weren't like social pariahs or anything but we were like known to be it was like it was like the manic pixie dream girl house kind of <laughs> You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, they're all just fucking weird. And they just, they wear fanny packs across their chest. They do whatever the fuck they want. We just let them. And it's like, that's cool. Like it was very, it was very fun. Um, But, but yeah, there is that, there is that like pressure that exists in that system. Even when you're in a house, that's like kind of weird that, you know, it's like, you want to be well liked. You want to get invited to the parties you want, you know, you want to, we have like competitions, like dance competitions and stuff. <laughs> like you want to place well in the dance competition. We got third. So that was oh, very that's exciting. really nice. The year that I did it, I was very proud. Um, and yes, I was part of the dance. Um, <laughs> uh, so weird. Um, but you know, so I, I get, I get a lot of that stuff that she was experiencing where it's like, you kind of have to figure out like how much do you want to align with that and how much do you want to be your own person? And I always had that struggle because I wanted to be a part of the things that they were doing, but I also had a lot of other stuff going out on. And because it wasn't a music house, um, the girls didn't always get like how busy I was. So I think sometimes they thought I was like ignoring them, but I oh. wasn't, I was just practicing. I just had shit to do, mm-hmm. you know? So I couldn't, I didn't get to like enjoy all of the activities that we were doing. Cause I would like have orchestra practice or something like yeah. I couldn't go. Um, but any hoosies, uh, going back to the movie, um, I yeah and I really like how tree changes from like like how she perceives the people around her yes you know people she shouldn't give a shit about to people that she's trying to get to know better um you know from Carter to her room or to her housemates to just like that that guy that she went on a date with I loved when she was just basically like you know Hey, you just gotta live your truth. Yeah, like, just go live your truth, and you're beautiful, and like, just go, just go get some, get some dick or whatever. Yeah, like, she's such a wonderful main character. Totally. Yeah, you. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Where you just think that she's gonna suck, and then she ends up being like totally awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also, yeah, I also really like, um. I mean, I like that once she gets to see her dad, she's so sweet to him. Like, she understands that what she's doing is hurting him. Like, yeah. she's she's got a lot of self-awareness at the at, – like, while she goes through this time loop by the end of it. It's like, yeah. oh, wow. Like, yeah, there's no reason I need to go through life, like, hurting all of these people. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't yeah. just, like, her birthday. It was her mom's birthday. It was the same day. And so, like, to, like, ignore her father must have been, like, really hard for him because he's, like, well, I need to, like, celebrate this day somehow with, like, this one surviving loved one I have. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so harsh of her to, yeah, to, like, block him out. So it's a, it's such a nice moment when she goes to lunch with him. You're, like, oh, my feels. Yeah. Oh, feels so good. Um. So, 
I don't know if you've got any closing thoughts about the first one. We've we've gone on and on about it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, we can move over to Happy Death Day to you. Yes. Um. Can I take a quick second to refill my water bottle? Yes, absolutely. I am pregnant, so I need like a water IV practically all the time. So <laughs> I will be right back. So while Mandy's gone, I'm going to make a quick recommendation for um, a video game for everyone to play if they happen to enjoy uh, things like Happy Death Day. And that is Life is Strange, <laughs> which if anybody, anyone who knows me and knows that I play video games pretty much knows that I'm obsessed with this one. Um, but it's all about kind of you're not necessarily stuck in a time loop, but but the question is, if you were given the opportunity to go back in time and change things about uh, the way that you're doing things or living your life, would you would you do them? How would your choices be different? And how would those choices impact everything that you do from then on out? So it's definitely, you know, it's kind of within the same vein of like Happy Death Day or... Uh, the butterfly effect or, you know, something like that where you make one choice. But the the kind of interesting thing is you make a choice and you can see it play out. And if you don't like the way it plays out, you can like rewind and go visit it again. So uh, if you haven't played that game already, what are you even doing? You should drop everything. Go play that game. I'm back. All right, cool. I was just talking about Life is Strange. I've heard great things. It is a it is a great game, uh, and I will probably be streaming it soon. So for fans of Twitch, uh, <laughs> just go to twitch.tv slash hellomaxcaulfield, and you can find all the information on my streams. Always be plugging, always be plugging. Um, so happy death day to you. I actually just watched last night. Um oh, yeah, so I hadn't seen it before then, and I know you watched it about a week ago, mm-hmm. and I was so, like, I was, like, I was kind of tentative. So I had seen the trailer, and I was really worried that it was going to ruin the way that I felt about the first movie. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I better not watch that, because I'm just going to get disappointed and sad. And then I... And then when you told me you really liked it, I was like, okay, then I feel safer. Yeah. (laughs) This won't tarnish the way that I feel about the first movie. Good. And what I really love about Happy Death Day to you is I, once again, I don't think the trailer did the movie justice at all. Like Mm -hmm. it was, the trailer just kind of looked like, oh, we're going back in time and someone else is getting killed and there's another time loop and we've got to figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's just like, that's just the first movie. Like there's nothing new about that. We already did that. So I was like very like upset about the way that they were doing it. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that shit again. But they tricked you. They tricked me so good because it was totally different, which I – which I really appreciated. Um, uh, And that was, yeah, so that came out in 2019. Happy Death Day came out in 2017. Happy Death Day to You came out about a year and a half after the first one. Um, And once again, if you haven't seen it, I would stop now because I think everything in this is going to be a spoiler. Yes. Um, But what I loved about it was much like uh, 
the video game I was just talking about, or like uh, my favorite book, Dark Matter, or Rick and Morty. <laughs> um, instead of dealing with just like a formulaic time loop a la Groundhog Day. Oh, and we should mention one thing I loved about one thing I loved about Happy Death Day, and then I loved again about Happy Death Day to you, is that Tree has no reference for popular media. Yeah. She has not watched any movies. This is obvious. Because they're like, because at the end of the first movie, Carter's like, yeah, you know, this is a lot like Groundhog Day. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, the movie Groundhog Day? She's like, what? What? No. Uh, and, Listen. and then. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, early in the second movie, they're like, this is, like, Back to the Future 2. And she's like, what? I'm sorry. What are you talking about? And they're like, oh, my God. I was like, that. that's how I feel any time that happens in my life. I'm just I, was like, a lot, you- <laughs> I was a lot older than Tree before I watched Groundhog Day. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I only watched oh. it, I think, two years ago for the first time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I've... I've watched both of those. I've actually watched Groundhog Day a lot more than I've watched uh, Back to the Future 2 for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, I think I've only seen Back to the Future 2 twice. Uh, yeah. But I've watched Groundhog Day like 20 times. Easy. Like that. that isn't even <laughs> in question. Um, when I was but- trying to sell this franchise to my husband, I was like, and the second one is like Back to the Future if they respected women. Yes, it is 100% like Back to the Future if they respected women. That's one thing that is always troubling about the Back to the Future series is it's like so weird to women. It's like they are definitely just props. Um, And it's unfortunate, right? Because like uh, Death Becomes Her is so so lady forward, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I just don't think Robert Zemeckis likes women. Well, I'm saying I think Death Becomes Her is kind of, I mean, it's it's uh, very materialistic, right? But it's still, I don't know, very powerful ladies. Yeah. Very powerful ladies. Um, but yeah, I don't think he likes women that much. I mean, look um, at what he did to poor Jenny in Forrest Gump. Dude, for real. That's very true. Um, so, but I don't know that much about Christopher Landon, who directed Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You. Oh, so he did, um, paranormal, a couple of the paranormal activities, like two, three, four, and the marked ones. Okay. I love the third one so much. Me too. Me too. And he also wrote, oh, he wrote, um, he wrote those movies. Oh. That's cool. He, he wrote Disturbia too. And I loved Disturbia. I have not so seen Disturbia. Is that kind of like Rear Window? It's, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. House Arrest, Spying on Neighbors. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I loved Paranormal Activity 3. I did, I did. It was probably um, my favorite in the franchise. Holy shit. Christopher Landon is the son of late actor Michael Landon. What? No wonder he's so likable. He's likable, but like... He's into horror, and I didn't think that, I don't know, Michael Landon was so, like, apple pie and stuff. But that's so cool. That is so cool. Um, yeah. Dude, that's so funny. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm learning things from Wikipedia. Um, Did you want to know something real quick about Michael Landon? Yeah, I want to know something real quick about Michael Landon. So, when you have you watched Little House on the Prairie? Yeah, I've watched Little House on the Prairie. Would you say just by just for using the frame of reference by watching Little House on the Prairie, would you say that Michael Landon was a diminutive man? No. 
He was. Um, he actually, they sh- would shoot things in a way or he'd be standing on boxes because he couldn't, he had like a rule that no male actor um, could be taller than him. And that was really hard because he wasn't that tall. Oh, this says he was five foot nine. Yeah, he's was barely he shorter than that. No, five foot nine's pretty short for a guy. I'd say that's true. That's true. I mean, well, not I'm to really you short. because because you're you're a, a wee person. But I'm a wee person. I'm like five foot nine. That's like plenty tall. That's like almost <laughs> a foot taller than me. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, Michael Landon can get it. Um, oh yeah, anyway. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so his son directed these movies. Hell to the yeah. So yeah, what I love, and I also really like. Um, that a lot of the characters that you meet in the first and second movies, he works on developing them yeah. uh, in a way that it doesn't feel like, like there's pretty decent like representation and diversity in these movies and it doesn't feel like tokenism. Yes. Um, which I really like. And it's just kind of a normal part of the world. Mm-hmm. It's You know what I mean? It's not... Um, but I do, well, there's a couple microaggressions that I really appreciate in both the movies that are good pieces of commentary that come from characters like Danielle. Um, Ugh, when, like when she pretends to be deaf, uh, blind, well, blind and deaf. Well, she does um, blind in the second one. And in the first one, when she doesn't think Tree can hear her, she does like, oh, this yeah. really broad impersonation of a deaf person. And I, I might, totally forgot about that. Oh yeah. Like uh, the vein in my head started throbbing. <laughs> Well, and she calls that one that one character, uh, one of the guys who works in the lab. Um, what was his name? Samar. Yes. Yeah, she calls him Samosa. I was like, oh Jesus! I know. But then he was like, he was like so blinded by how pretty she was that he like didn't even hear it. He was like, so you think she's interested? And they were like, no, dude, <laughs> stop! Like, you can do better. Um, Danielle is very pretty, and she does pick the right lipstick for her complexion. She sure does. She's real pretty. Um, so so what I like about this movie though is that it starts um it starts by like focusing on Ryan, who is Carter's roommate, who uh-huh. we see walking in on Carter's room every day, and that it starts like right like right at the end of the first movie. Mm-hmm. So he wakes up in his car. He comes in and he's like, I can't keep waking up in my car again. And and he's like, get out. And that's like right at the end of the first movie, we catch that. And you start to see the excessive detail in his day. So you're like, oh, he's going to be stuck in a loop. So mm-hmm. this is going to focus on him. Um, and then he then we find out pretty quickly like as soon as they hit this i was like ah like when uh they they're working on this machine uh like he's like in quantum mechanics and they're working on this quantum reactor and you find out the dean comes in he's all mad and this thing is responsible for like the power outages that have been happening on campus and i was like the rolling blackouts the rolling blackouts like <laughs> like dancing around the living room i was like oh that's so good like it's just i they they tie these two movies together in such a smart way mm-hmm. that it was so exciting to me to like cuz you know, it's like once you start talking about like quantum mechanics and multiple, you know, the multiverse and things like that, it's like, oh, um, oh, but even the little things that just seem like inconsequential 
in the first movie actually connect to the second one. Yeah. So they must have had this idea uh, when they were doing the first movie. I can't imagine the rolling blackouts was a coincidence. You yeah. know, like it's it was too it was placed too intentionally in the movie because they could have come up with other ways for her to distract or hide. Um, so I would, I would like to think that this was always kind of in the works. Like, well, if we do a second movie, yeah, like we're, it's going to get revealed that this is the reason that time is restarting and that there are rolling blackouts is because these kids in this, in this lab are literally like playing with time, you know, um, uh, which just made me think of the Rick and Morty episode where. <laughs> where like mad Albert Einstein was like, I will play with time. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so Ryan gets killed pretty quickly, like on that first day in the lab. Um, like he goes to another room. It's all dark. He opens up a supply closet and he gets killed. And it makes sense. I think for his character, and the work that he does, which is like a detail I really appreciate, that he catches on to the loop immediately. Mm-hmm. Like he gets up, the same shit's happening. He tests it within the first like two minutes of being in this loop. He throws a rock where he expect, expects to see someone and he gets hit. So he's like already on board. He's like, listen, you guys, I'm in a loop. And uh, here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I got to figure out. And instead of like tree where it takes her like three days to even figure out what's happening. I think that really fits well with their characters. And I like that it wasn't like, oh, we have to have a day where he's all confused and disoriented. He's just like, all right, I accept this as my reality because this is the stuff I talk about every day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So he's got to figure out who's killing him. Um. And it's still, like, a baby face killer. And they're like, well, you know, Lori's dead. And they were like, Toombs is gone. Um, So he must have been just, like, locked up, right? Yeah. Um, And they're like, so who is it? Like, who could it be? Um, And they end up, like, (laughs) hiding in plain sight at a basketball game or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. and then and then you see like this one figure standing opposite of everybody else and Ryan is like trying to run away from it and he ends up they end up like unmasking him and realizing that it's him mm-hmm. and he's trying to warn Ryan like no I need to kill you because we got to close this loop and you screwed everything up and it's like that classic, like, no, I'm the real one. No, kill him. Like the clone shit, you yeah. know, like I'm the real version of it. Don't, don't trust him. No. Why are you trusting him? Listen to me. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's going to screw everything up. And it's like, okay, well, let's get ready for everything to get real screwed up. <laughs> um, And so they turn on this quantum reactor and they get uh, blasted into a new dimension um well it's really just tree right who gets kind of thrown into the new dimension it's just tree this time yeah so she so she ends up waking up and again it's monday the 18th the same day from happy death day and she's like are you fucking kidding me yeah um she's understandably a little upset 
I would be very upset because it's like I already went through all this and I fixed this and all this is happening again. And so then she starts realizing pretty quickly that things are like a little different. Um, I'm trying to remember what the first thing was that was different. Um, uh, it was like somebody wasn't where they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like she was supposed to see somebody show up. Like Danielle was supposed to show up and she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, that's weird. And like Lori, Lori was in like a slightly different place too. Mm-hmm. And didn't um, have a cupcake for her. And didn't have a cupcake. And she's like, she's like, okay, funny joke, weirdo. But anyway, I gotta go. Like, you know, and it's, and it was like, oh, it doesn't seem like she is gonna kill her. Cause she doesn't, she seems annoyed, but she, she doesn't seem evil. You know, yeah. so it's like, okay, so that's kind of weird. Um, and I think within that first loop, you also see the professor or like you catch a little glimpse or something. Um interacting with Lori so so she's like okay like what gives and then it's pretty it's pretty early on too that that she realizes that things are so different to the point that Carter is dating Danielle that's like the first big shock who's like a little bit nicer but in a very superficial way yeah totally she's nice and like and she's like She's like, uh, you know, oh, look, I'm, I'm auditioning. And, and what did she say? I'm auditioning for the miracle work. Yes. Um, did you know that Anne Frank was blind and deaf? And I was like, oh, my God. I, she, I literally walked out of the room for a minute. I was like, I can't deal with her. She's like nice in the way that um, I don't know if you ever wa- if you watched South Park when you were younger. Oh, yeah. So like Cartman's trying to turn over a new leaf and all he like does is put on a, a nice sweater and they're like, yes. putting on a nice sweater doesn't make you a nice person. <laughs> yeah, that's totally like what she's doing. Like she and she kind of did that too. Like her clothes weren't as like revealing. Mm-hmm. Like she was like a little bit more buttoned up. And it's like, are you is that I mean, that's not you need to do more than that. Yeah. You know that, right? You know. And she's just like, Oh, I'm so inspired or whatever. And um and uh tree's like so grossed out and carter's like what she's nice and she's like "Mm, okay i don't think so but okay um so she's like immediately grossed out and wants things to go back to normal just like that's kind of like her first superficial reason right like i want things to go back to normal because i do not want him to be dating danielle gross like i want to be dating him this i can't handle Mm -hmm. um but she she ends up getting those same calls and everything um and then she realizes she she goes she goes to have lunch with her dad and she's like whatever I gotta like sort this out you know and and then her dad's like oh I'm waiting for somebody else and it turns out that it's her mom yeah so we know that in this in this reality, there's a couple things that are different. Like her relationship with Lori is better. Um, her mom's alive. Carter's dating Danielle. She's not the one who had an affair with the professor. So there's some pretty major differences um, in her life. But mm-hmm. there's still a lot of things that are, you know, that are still the same. Um, and so then she's like, oh, God, well, you know, maybe I need to stay in this dimension. If- yeah my mom's alive here that's maybe what I should be worried about um 
But then she still has to think about, okay, well, in this reality, in this dimension, there's still tombs. Uh, you know, there's still danger to Lori. There's still, you know, there's still an affair, but it's just different. Mm-hmm. So she still, like, ended up going there and trying to figure out, like, what's what's happening. Um, and at the same time, in order to get home... She's got to figure out what's the right um, variable that she's got to solve to go back into her dimension. Yeah. Which requires her to learn quantum mechanics. God bless her. Um, (laughs) So they're like, here, we're going to give you these algorithms and you've got to memorize them. And then every day, this is the thing that would have driven me nuts. Every day you got to come back and you got to tell us how this stuff is working or not working. so that we can try something else. Cause yeah, like at some point earlier in the movie, they're like, well, listen, if we, cause, cause in the, in happy death day, her, her notebook for some reason, unless she just kept making the list over and over, that was a pretty short list though. You yeah. Know? She was updating in a notebook, but this, they're like, well, if we update on this whiteboard, it's going to erase every day. It's going to reset and we're going to have to start all over. So you have to memorize everything. Which like, <laughs> take the frustration of having to explain this situation to these people every day. And then plus that. Right, exactly. Like, oh my god. Like, you have to say, okay, this is who I am, and we know each other, and I'm stuck in a time loop, and it's also a different dimension, Mm -hmm. and you're the reason it happened, and this is what you've taught me so far, and this is what we're going to test today. We should just thank the Lord that this was not directed by David Lynch, because he (laughs) would make us do the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank God for the shortcuts. Um, but it's but that's like this was like another very classic, um, uh, you know, Groundhog Day element where like you get to watch Bill Murray go from plunking around on a piano to being like a really good jazz pianist. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was that kind of a thing with Tree and the Whiteboard, which I loved where it was like, yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. To OK, so we're trying this today. And they were like, wow, well done. You know, and she's yeah. like, well, you know, I had to do this a lot of times to get it right. Um, and at some point, too, they figure out one of the best ways for her to reset the day um, is that she's got to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember why exactly they decided that that was the best reason to to do it. It was think, like it was like in an interest of time, right? In the interest of time and I think like she just didn't want to get killed by the ghost or the baby face. Like I think she wanted a little control. Yeah, but they were like they suggested it. Like oh, yeah. The, yeah, they were like, "Well, I think it probably makes I'm trying to remember why she decided to do that and I like just watched it and I can't remember." Um, but they were just like, it's probably the better way to go. Right. And I think they also thought maybe it would be easier on her body, but then she ended up doing crazy shit anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Like going into a wood chipper and, (laughs) uh, and like jumping out of an airplane. That was actually my favorite death was when she went skydiving Mm -hmm. and, and like a couple seconds before she hit the ground, she's like thumbs up in a bikini right in front of Danielle and Carter. Yeah. (laughs) Like, purposefully made the plane go, like, right there so she could be petty 
and like yeah. traumatize them for the day. Yeah, hell yeah, that was awesome. Um, so she, um, you know, and that was another Groundhog Day thing too, where like Bill Murray, like, and it even started kind of the same because I think he had done. I don't remember. If he, I think he did the toaster, right? He didn't do a hair dryer, but he did the toaster in the bathtub. And, and then he like, he jumped off a clock tower. He, you know, he did a bunch of that stuff. So I thought that was kind of fun where she got to like, that was like a, it was also like a new montage. Cause I was like, what are they going to do with the montages? So, mm-hmm. and then like one time she just like drinks like Drano. Yeah. <laughs> and the In guy the middle was of like, the grocery oh, store. Yeah. And she was just like, cheers. And he was like, oh my God, what? And he like <laughs> runs away. Like, you know shakes and runs that was pretty fun um so we so we know that you know there is a killer we know that tombs is still around but she's got to still kind of figure out like why this is happening and who else is the killer because it's not Lori, and in this reality it's not ryan so um she eventually figures out that it's um dr butler her the professor um and and also his wife is also involved yeah uh because they want to which is a little wild too because it's like well if they both want to end the affair why not just break up with Lori? i don't know <laughs> like that was kind of a dumb part right like, well maybe they both trying to kill her maybe like He enjoys sleeping around and she enjoys killing and he also enjoys killing. So maybe this is a pattern for them. Maybe. Maybe it's one of those investigation discovery things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That whole thing was so wild where I was just like, well, if if you both want to end the relationship, then you can just end the relationship. It (laughs) it, it, needs to die. It's kind of like silly on the level of Scream 2 where it's like, oh, spoiler for like a 20 year old movie. Um. Where it's like, it's Billy's mom who abandoned him and, like, messed him up, but then decided to take revenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, ugh. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's totally strange. Um, it's like Jason in reverse or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there's all this stuff, like, where she's got to kind of, like, decide what dimension that we we haven't really covered that she's got to decide what dimension she wants to live in. And then she kind of waffles back and forth on like what she has responsibility to do. I think she's feeling exhausted. Like I cannot be responsible for everybody's life and everybody's death. People die all the time. Like, I don't want to deal with this, you know? Um, But Carter's like, but you have like, you know that this is going to happen. You do have a responsibility to, to save people. And she, there's a point in the movie where she's like, you know what? I don't really care. I just kind of want to save my mom. Yeah. And so she ends up going with her parents out to like a motel nearby. And, you know, she's like, I just need to get as far away from campus as possible. I'll tell you why later, but I just really need to do this. Will you help me? And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever you need, honey. And she can't even enjoy the time she's having with her mom. I mean, first of all, she's like these memories that she's sharing with me. I don't have them. Like this last year wasn't anything that we shared together. Plus, not to mention, there's probably a bunch of other things because it is a different dimension that they ended up doing together that were slightly different Mm -hmm. where she's like, 
you know, like I didn't go fishing with you that day or what, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there was a bunch of that stuff. So she's just like, well, this isn't really my life. Um, And she's sharing memories with me that we didn't have. So that was like upsetting to her, I think, you know, right away. And then, you know, to have that news story at the motel where she sees this happening and then it turns out three people have died because she wasn't there to save them. It's like, oh, shit. You know, so she's like, well, I got to do something. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. all these people, including Carter, you know, who, you know, it's like she's looking at her mom, who is her past, talking to her mom about how she knew that her dad was the one, you know, um, and she's like, well, you just kind of have to take a leap of faith. And, you know, I was pretty sure, but I, you know, I, it's, it's kind of, you just have to take a chance. And she is looking at this leap of faith she could be taking. And now the option is gone to her because he died. So it's like, okay, well, she's got to reset this loop and she can't save everybody, but she's trying to relive this life that isn't hers Mm -hmm. anyway, you know? So I, and as soon as they pass by like the power plant, (laughs) I was like, okay, so she's going to go back there for some reason (laughs) when they just showed like power, you know, Bayfield power or whatever. I was like, all right, so this is a thing that she's going to revisit. <laughs> and then just, like, ramming her car into it on the way back to to blow the power so the quantum reactor couldn't go off at the, you know, at the right moment yeah. so that she had a chance to restart everything. Uh, was I, I thought that that was a cool, like, a cool move uh, in the movie. Um, but, yeah, so... We so we find out in this reality, the doctor and his wife are the killers. We also have Tombs. Lori's innocent, and because Tree decides uh, in the next day that she's got to go back and save Lori and try to fix the things at the hospital and make sure Carter doesn't die, she ends up saving Lori's life. Yeah, but she can't go back to. <laughs> she can't go back to seeing her mom again but she does end up saying goodbye to her one more time you're breaking um, you're breaking, breaking up, up a bit oh no um is this any better yeah it's better okay um she ends up saying goodbye to her mom one more time and uh yeah then oh and i thought this was really sweet too that like as as the reactor is going off in that last moment oh and we should say uh, I really appreciated that this movie also included a heist. <laughs> yes. I do love a good do, heist. Yeah. I was like, okay, first of all, this movie covers time loops, the multiverse, two things I really like. And then they're also going to be like, we're going to add a heist in here. And I was like, this is very enjoyable. Um, so, oh, see, now I'm hearing a lot of stuff on your end. Oh, sorry. Um, my, my mic came unplugged. Oh, that's okay. So that probably... Well, like explains why you were breaking up oh that's totally listen we'll edit it out and post it's fine um so 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 i love i love that uh you know this movie's got this movie has everything yeah it's got you know time loops multiverse and a heist so it's like 
high school Sammy is very pleased with all of these things. And they're like, this is what we're going to do. And they're like, take a map and they draw on it. And I'm like, I love this so much. <laughs> and and then I was like, hey, do you, like right before I started, I was like, hey, do you want to bet that Danielle's going to pretend to be blind? Yeah. And sure, sure as shit. But she's not only blind. She's blind and French. Blind and French, yes. <laughs> um, to try to distract the Dean uh, so that they could steal the quantum reactor back because he, like, comes in early and is like, I'm not dealing with this. And Tree's like, why is this happening? Why is he coming in early, screwing everything up? Um, so it is all really, like, down to the wire where it's like, are they going to reset it in time? And is everything going to get fixed in time? And, you know, did we did we undo all the things that we needed to undo and do all the things we needed to do? And then they, like, the reactor's going off and, like, right in the last seconds, she and Carter kiss in this dimension. Mm. Um, as she goes back to her current dimension and and wakes up in in the right time um on tuesday the 19th and and everything's back to normal for her um and then uh that same day i think or like maybe a day or so later Mm -hmm. darpa shows up (laughs) (laughs) and i was like DARPA this is getting more exciting um and they're like hey we need we need to hang out with this reactor for a while because we need to do more experiments on it because we want to see what this puppy can do and we need a test subject and they were like oh we got one (laughs) they Danielle yeah and they torture Danielle uh do you think based on that there'll be a third movie I heard that they're trying really hard but like this one didn't make a lot of money compared to the first one and like the first one i think kind of barely made a blip but they they they, um last i heard like they were working on it that's good well actually you know what on wikipedia the box office uh numbers for the first one were actually pretty good because the budget was really low um actually they both turned to profit i mean that's a good indication that they'll they'll make another one um because like the first one the budget was 4.8 million and it made 125 million which isn't like amazing but it's not bad and then the second movie only made like 64 million and once again i just think it was marketed incorrectly like Mm -hmm. these movies are so much better than they're being given credit for. They're so much more interesting. And and like the premise isn't as dumb as like the trailers. The trailers make, make it look real dumb. Yeah. And then you watch it and you're like, this is actually really smart. And this is like, makes a lot of sense. And it's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're o- always in like the 60s, 70s Rotten Tomatoes, sixes, sevens IMDb. Like that's pretty good for that like is. a you know, kind of cheesy slasher movie. Like, I think um, I'm looking at the first Happy Death Day to see what it was reviewed. Yeah, they both had, like, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes and, like, 6.5 to 6.7 on IMDb. It's, like, that's pretty positive for a movie like this, and it's and it's not, like, the most genius thing you've ever seen, but it's, like, way better than anyone is saying it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like... So, so um, 
Jessica Roth, who's the star of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, is saying she is positive that they're going to do a third at some point. That would be great. Um, yeah. I and would, I'm sure. I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, I'm sure they'll do something cool with it, mm-hmm. which is why I, I'm excited about it because they've already proven that they can take this in two different directions and do interesting shit with it. And I think if they turn it into this, like, military experiment there could be some other weird you know um you know uh, otherworldly cosmic shit that they could tie in you know like military secrets you can yeah. see it kind of going in that direction which i think would be really fun yes so, yeah i hope they bring back Lori for the third one because one of the things that made me sad in the first one and I, it made tree sad was like that Lori was the killer and it was for like such a weak, weak yeah. motive. And then um I got really emotional. Like my my hormones were all like out of whack, but I got like really like teary-eyed and emotional with Lori's arc in the second one. Yeah, she's definitely, you know, it's like she just kind of gets shit on, you yeah. know, and doesn't have a lot of confidence and you know, like, yeah, and and you see how redeeming her character can be in the second movie, and mm-hmm. you like don't want to see her get killed. That's for sure. That's just not fun at all. So, I yeah, I I do really hope that Lori um, gets another chance. And but it's but you know it's it's interesting to see what what movies like this can do. Where it's like I I like movies and books and like I said video games where you kind of get to explore a bunch of different angles on the same idea and see how different things could play out. And I I I think a, a lot of that uh, can be interesting. Also, okay, this is another thing I just found out. Uh, so Lori uh, is played by Ruby Modine, uh-huh. and her her dad is Matthew Modine. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, which is also just really funny. Um, mm-hmm. He plays <laughs> very cool. likable, questionable characters too. He does. He's so good at he's so good at that kind of you know that kind of role where you're like you're kind of a shithead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you're also I want you to be okay. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. So uh, learn more about Ruby Modine uh, by googling her. Uh, she's also in a band called Ruby Modine and the Disease, uh, which is a great name for a band. Um, it is. So I want to learn more about her. I thought she, I thought she was just excellent. Now I will say the one person that I thought was like kind of a hack in the second movie because I think the acting is also really good. Yeah, um, way better than it uh, should be. Uh, for a movie like this, uh, I think that the dean is like the worst part of the movie. But he, I think it's kind of on purpose, right? Like he, they kind of were like, "Why don't you just really play it up and be like the principal in every '80s movie?" Mm-hmm. That's the way that it read to me. Where he was just like, he's just like flapping his arms and he's just so mad about everything. And I'm like, oh my god, you know, that's like a little much. I yeah. don't know. At least I felt that way about the dean. I thought he, he was like the weakest part. He was very much like the, the the principal from the Breakfast Club and or Ferris Bueller's principal. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Where he's just like, because I mean, and they had played it up so much. Oh, now. OK, now this all makes sense. This all makes sense to me. Um, But he plays it up as just being this like really like 
yeah, like angry dude who's just like red and angry and flapping about, you know what I mean, about everything. And I was just like, why? Like, is he going to end up being one of the killers? No, he's just angry. He's just an angry man (laughs) because he works for the college system. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, okay, that's fine or whatever. I'm Now I'm trying to find – okay, so the guy who played the Dean, I thought he was on – I was looking to see – I thought he had another credit on Happy Death Day to You, and I was going to say, oh, maybe that's why they just threw him in here. Um, but he's he's on the show Togetherness, and I really liked that show, and oh. I really liked I really liked him on that show. So my point is, he is a really good actor. Um, so I, I that's why I think it was like a choice that they made for the dean that they're like, we want this to be a callback to eighties movies. Yeah. Uh, if we're doing Back to the Future too, we want you to be like an eighties movie principal. Um. Because he was in, yeah, he was in this TV show called Togetherness uh, with Mark Duplass and, like, Amanda Peet and, um, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on her name, and that's making me really upset. Uh, Melanie Linsky. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I did like yeah. that show. Yeah, it was an excellent show, and he was really, really good in it. Um, mm-hmm. So th- that shows me that it wasn't just, like, he's shitty. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it must have been a movie choice. Um, oh my gosh, we're already at an hour and a half. Um, I have a couple, I have a couple head scratchers that I wanted to share with you that I found on a website called tvtropes.org. Okay. If there's, uh, let's see. So one of the questions was, um, how did Tree get away with killing Lori? Sure, we know Lori's a murderer, but all the police would know is that Tree shoved poison in her mouth and kicked her out a window. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and apparently, and they just kind of, they were like, uh, Danielle, Danielle was on the news and they were just kind of like, okay, well, she says Lori's a murderer. So we believe her. Um, (laughs) um, and they were saying, Danielle mentions the poison cupcake was a dumb idea. So it's possible the police had enough evidence to prove the cupcake was poisoned. After that, it's not much of a stretch to say Lori's death was self-defense, but that the poison had no taste to trip tree off. That's kind of weird, right? Like, um, I don't know that, that whole thing is weird. It's like, how would they, how would they know? Like, there's how would she know that the cupcake was poisoned mm-hmm. if there was no taste and anyway so that thing is very confusing someone had said well maybe Lori left records on her personal computer about researching poison maybe um, and like uh fingerprints on the wrapper and the candle and if she stole the poison from the uh hospital then you probably could see her check it out with like a card because she probably would need a card to check it out i don't know um so so that's interesting um tree's teacher is a physician but he appears to be teaching particle physics in his class so is he an omnidisciplinary scientist (laughs) possibly the weird thing is i always thought he was her bio teacher and they said his talk sounded more like biochemistry than physics um and in the second movie, they talk about biomedicine. And in two, yeah, she said she takes advanced biochem. But I guess when he's in class, he's teaching particle physics. So that just sounds like an oops. Hmm. 
Yeah. Like, maybe they just uh, put the wrong stuff on a board. I don't know. Um, the other question was, why doesn't Tree just leave the state in the first in the first one? You know, because she's got 10 hours to wake up until her death. But it's like, she's trying to figure out who her killer is. So if she leaves, she's not going to figure it out. Yeah. And... I mean, we learned, though, we learned in the second one that even if she did that, the time loop probably would have started over, even if she didn't die. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't, and that was one th important thing we actually didn't cover, that it wasn't this cosmic thing that was restarting time. It was because of this machine mm -hmm. that was restarting her, her time for her. So it wasn't like this lesson she was supposed to learn, like Groundhog Day. It was just kind of a fluke. Um, but like Carter says, it doesn't mean it makes it any less important. Yes. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then they said, well, she tried. She tried to get out. And then the car didn't, you know, it was like no matter what she couldn't. It was she was just fated to die. Mm -hmm. um, and even if she had gone out of state and would come back, to like break, break the loop and come back, there would still be someone who wants her dead. Right. They would still turn up the next day. Yeah. Um, and the killer could easily cut her brakes if she tried to drive out of town or sabotage the plane, uh, if she was getting on a flight or make sure she was alone and kill her. Um, so that, so that's kind of a weird one. Someone said, so the serial killer still escapes, doesn't he? Without tree to kill him, he still breaks out. That's what you said. Lori let him free. That yeah. was one of the things that I was confused by. Um, why did the killer think the poison cupcake was the best choice? As the sorority had made it known, they don't eat such foods. It was even pointed out at the end of the film. Um, and they said, well, Lori's Tree's roommate. She probably knows that Tree cheats occasionally and eats stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Or that she'd make an exception for her birthday. Because um, Tree had said something that, like, birthdays were an excuse to eat cake. Um and also that, like, Lori isn't a lot like the other sorority sisters. She's not a breakfast shamer. She doesn't care about that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, she doesn't really care about anything yeah, at this um, point, one might say. Right. So, but she does say, like, oh, too many carbs because she's just being a bitch um, <laughs> at yeah. the beginning. But, um, but they were saying, like, it's probably the least risky thing for Lori to do because um it takes it would take a while for the poison to kill her um so if she had an off-limits cupcake Lori might be able to cover her tracks better because it would be weird for her to give that to tree mm -hmm. so that's kind of interesting um oh and then they said how did tree get stuck in the loop of having to start the same day all over again after getting killed they're making a sequel to answer this question <laughs> um yeah, the sequel totally answers that question. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at some of these other ones. Um, oh, yeah, that was weird, too. Um, on the second to last loop, how does Tree get off scot-free when she's taken a gun from a cop and used it to threaten him to run off and get back up and shoot what is essentially a hospital patient? And they were like, well, he's a serial killer. So yeah. they probably figured that out. Um, and uh, And they were saying, like, if the if this was the circumstance, she might be out on bail. <laughs> uh, but like th these are kind of let me see. Is anything good? Um, 
Oh, I, I also, I will say, though, the I think it was kind of convenient when, like that they would have her suffer the consequences of certain deaths only when it was convenient to the story. And I feel like sometimes they didn't address it just to advance the plot when she probably would have been hurting more. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it says the film doesn't treat her degenerating condition with any consistency because she collapses midway through the film, but then she shakes it off pretty easily afterwards. Um, so I, I didn't like, like, it's like sometimes you can see it affecting her for a little bit, but not the rest of the day. And sometimes it affects her for longer and is more cumulative. I thought that some of that was a little lazy, but I like gave it a pass. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to see if there's any, any other good ones. Um, Oh, uh, didn't, did she do all the good things she did in the second to last loop again in the final loop after killing Lori or the day after, or she didn't do them anymore? No, she was too surprised. She ran right back to the sorority house and missed the opportunity. So that was kind of interesting too, because it's like she had, she had done all this really sweet stuff and then it didn't end up counting or being recorded. Yeah. Um, cause she just like ran to the, to the house and, and got rid of it right away. Um, she would have done if like. She hadn't been completely thrown for a loop, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Oh, this was interesting. Why didn't Tree just retry the killer in the bathroom loop until she wins? That was one of the most predictable scenarios she had. Just repeat the loop and be more prepared. She could hide a knife or a hammer and even a gun under a pillow. And even if she didn't win immediately, there would be more opportunities to learn the killer's identity. Obviously, the actual reason is that characters thinking logically plus horror movie equals very short horror movie. Yeah. Um, so they were saying the killer in the bathroom was an unexpected result of her locking herself in, feeling it would save her. She would only consider it a scenario to endure if she attempted don't leave the room again, thus giving a certain location of the killer. But why would Tree try that again when it already killed her instead of doing different things? Eh, I don't know. Yeah, I could see that both ways. I could definitely see that both ways. Um, these are good questions, especially to me because I always tend not to question movies too much. I know I just go, well, yeah, that was fine, and then I'm like, oh yeah, these are these are questions. Um, uh, and then someone asked what Danielle's position was in the sorority. Um, because like, but then she says that Lori is so out of the house next year. Mm-hmm. Uh. But then it's like, well, then you guys are at least juniors, but shouldn't the house president or the chapter president be a senior? Hmm. Um, and then the answer of this was, I always assumed she didn't have any official roles. She was just a bossy and bitchy girl that proclaimed herself leader and everyone else went along with it. Yeah. Which I could see where it's like she wasn't president, but she spoke like she was. She like, just I has confidence. She just has confidence. She just pulls it off. Uh, but anyway, yeah, some of these questions are really good. This came off of tvtropes.org. Oh. Uh, they have like they have like all these head scratchers uh, for the movie, which I think is kind of fun. So uh, anyway, uh, any final uh, thoughts for Happy Death Day or Happy Death Day 2 before we close this very long double feature recap? <laughs> um, I feel like if there's going to be a third one, they need to go with a different marketing team. Full stop. Yes. I mean, there's it's so 
It's like Birds of Prey. It was mm-hmm. so frustrating. Like, this movie's so good and nobody knows. Yeah. The marketing sucked. Just always feels like when it's a female centered movie, marketing's just like throws spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, they're like, good, you can come see it. And you're like, well, no one's going to come see that. Yeah. That didn't look good. No. And then you go see it because you're like, I am a lady and I want to support these lady movies. Mm-hmm. And then they're always way better than you think they are. Kind of like, I feel like Black Christmas got a bad rap, the more recent totally. one. I didn't think it was going to be any good. No. Um, and we all left going, that was pretty good. That was really good. I think yeah. the only, because I, I love the original Black Christmas so much. I just feel like the only thing that it was, like, really lacking was, like, that super creepy, um, garbled, demonic phone call from uh, the first, from the uh, original Black Christmas. See, I haven't seen the original next. Maybe that's something we should do. Oh, absolutely. Like, when you get to that part, when I tell you, like, it's hard to, like, shock me because I've been watching horror since pretty like religiously since the sixth grade and like i'm an old 34 year old woman now but um the phone call scene i just felt like my blood just turned to ice it was so effective wow that's good i yeah see and i it doesn't matter to me like what kind of movie it is um or tv show but if it like surprises me i always give it extra points like Mm -hmm. If I feel genuinely surprised by something, I always enjoy that more. Like, I would recommend, this is a movie we watched recently, and I had watched it when it came to theaters. Um, I don't know if you've seen Game Night. I heard about it. It's very good. Um, and I I was genuinely surprised by some of the things that happened in the movie, and that doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is very pleasant. Um so I would recommend that for anybody who's looking for some comic relief with a little bit of mystery. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll see you guys around next time. And, uh, you know, we'll keep it spooky. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what we'll watch next, but I'm sure it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Wash mm-hmm. your hands. Wash your hands. Nice. Wear a mask. Yeah. Wear a mask. And don't be racist. No. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.